Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. My name is Tosin and I am your host on the podcast that takes you through what you can see at the cinema this week, what we've seen on Netflix this week, and tries to weigh them up and see which one has given us more enjoyment, which one has given us more value for our money. Joining me on the Isle of Wight is just one, one of our regulars today, and that is Sharon. Hello. How are you doing, Sharon? I'm well, thank you. Had an earlier finish, so I'm less sweaty, I think is the only <laughs> way to describe it, than normal. <laughs> what was the weather like on the island today? Um, muggy and very warm. All right, okay. It was passing cloud, but it was generally very warm. Oh, okay, cool. It's been it's been a bit cooler up here in the, in the Midlands recently. Like I think we we've we've got, we actually had quite a bit of that rain that has been hitting people in the north, but nowhere near oh, okay. as bad as it's been in the north um, because of uh, we have, yeah, yeah. We had a few showers and a bit of wind on Mon on Tuesday, just mm -hmm. a few blustery showers, but nothing really very severe. All We're right. still very dry. Oh. Still very dry. Cool, cool, cool. That's just the Isle of Wight continuing its reputation as the sort of like what sunniest place in the UK. Yes. Yeah, and getting to be one of the driest places in the UK yeah, as well. One of the you scratch the ground and it's dry underneath. It's literally about half an inch of dark soil, then you start hitting the dry. Oh So yeah, it's dry here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's kind of like this is almost like weather report because obviously for anybody who doesn't know, Sharon is a gardener, so she knows about these things and knows about why <laughs> why why no rain is a bad thing. Yeah. Oh no, rain is always a good thing. <laughs> always. <laughs> well, apart from the well, uh, apart from when it sort of like floods your house. <laughs> yes, and when dams are about to burst, so I think yeah. that's a bit too much water and rain, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bit. That's a bit we too Noah. The, you should have. Yeah, there aren't any dams on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> you have like a scale. <clears throat> you can have like you know a scale from Moses to Noah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, so, um. Oh. We're ooh. desert wilderness at the moment. Yeah. So, oh, sheesh! I might have to get a drink of water or something. <clears throat> Okay, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Ooh, okay. I think we can carry on. Oh, yeah, Just that breathe. Was that was scary. All right. Okay, I'm here. But now, what we do on this show, when we're not talking about um, how weather affects gardening and all that kind of stuff, is we talk about films, as we said. Film, what you've seen in cinema, what we've seen in Netflix. We usually have Sean with us, who has gone off on a holiday. Like an, uh, It sounds like an adventure backpacking holiday to Thailand. Which... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which, which is cool. I mean, Sean, Sean is... He he's an adventurer. <laughs> he's our traveller. Yeah, he's been places. He, he's been places. He's done stuff. The things the man has seen, you would not believe. But <laughs> but yeah, we're hoping that he's okay. We haven't heard anything from him yet. But um, hopefully, Sean's fine. Sean, let us know where you are. Sean, let us know you're alive. That would be good. And let us know you'll be back soon. So, but what we usually do is we go and we see each one of us brings forward a film that we've seen in the cinema and a film that we've seen either on Netflix or on some other um home uh streaming system so it could be bbc iplayer it could be amazon prime but netflix is the big daddy so we put that forward because somebody uh, i was meeting up with some friends at the weekend so like hello david veli robin sharmini chads who else was there oh claudia my wife was there uh yeah arun arun showed up and there was one other person i feel like i'm forgetting somebody no no i think that's it yeah, that was it. Yeah, and they were saying, Netflix, when I was talking about the fact that we've spoken about Game of Thrones Season 8, they were like, that wasn't on Netflix? I'm like, yes, 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 I know. Sometimes we do sort of play around with our title, but it is Netflix adjacent. <laughs> yeah, we don't mind stretching the... They're elastic, our borders, aren't they? Where are they? They're, yeah, they stretch to encompass other platforms yeah yeah other platforms as long as it's something that you might sit at home and watch instead of going to the cinema well good for that yes i think we even had something that you found on dvd at some point so we're, we're... yes yes i've watched dvds <laughs> yeah so we're, we're not whoa, whoa drew that's going to become a word like you know like an anti-retro word anti-retroist we're not anti-retroist <laughs> We're, we're not retro side. I don't know. Either, either way. No, we're all encompassing. Okay. But um, we, uh, so we, we usually have a section called Also Rans, 
which is because we have a couple of rules on the show. We have that, A, first of all, if you're going to watch something at home, it has to be something you have not seen before. So you can't go and watch something that you've seen and that you love and your best friend over and go, I watched this at home, I guess what, it's still amazing! You, we, we say, okay, no, you can't just do that. It has to be something you haven't seen before, you haven't seen it in the cinema or anything like that. It has to be the first time you've seen it. We're going to try and hit as many Netflix originals as possible. And also, if you've seen something, um, if you've seen a TV series at home, you have to have watched the entire season before you come and talk about it on the show. The main reason behind yes. that is because the story isn't over and it isn't really fair to compare the first three episodes of a series which you might think are amazing to a whole film that you've seen the whole story of when, well, let's be honest, the end of the season might let it down. Yes, and to coin the, the happy days phrase, it might jump the shark. It might jump the shark. I'm looking at you, Westworld. But <laughs> yes, mm, I gave up. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, because yeah. there are seasons you think, hey, this is going to be great. And then halfway through, you just think, you know what? I don't think I can be bothered to watch this until yes. the end. Yes. That doesn't often happen. But every now and then you just think, you know what? No, I'm happy just to let this do its own thing without bothering me. Yeah, I'm just going to push this out to sea and let it go. Just flow, go off on an ice, yes. ice flow on its own fly. and just die. <laughs> yeah, fly, be free, just Go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I did with Earth's World. That's what I did with Lost after three episodes. But <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, because... I did stick it out to the end. Now I think, did I really manage to watch all of it? And I did. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened with me with Lost, right? I watched the first three episodes and then I started doing some maths and I was like, wait a second, this is an American TV show. American TV shows keep going as long as people are watching. And this show, even from the first three episodes, what the reason you keep going is because they're not telling you anything and you want to find out what's going on oh yes. they're never going to tell you anything in this show they and i just thought no forget it no i'm out of here and i stopped watching it after three episodes and from what i hear uh, by the end of it i was right <clears throat> yeah i think the people the, the the theories that people had um it was the obvious theory and it was it was that was the answer that was it after six years it was like oh so it's what people said in the first episode <laughs> yeah so, yes so yeah was... you just think is it worth it and it's just not all right so now but the reason we're talking about this is because we want to talk about our also rants this week and i think the shows that we have are shows that we are halfway through a season or something and we haven't quite yes. given up yet but we haven't finished watching them yet so these are shows that might actually show up on a future episode or future of netflix versus cinema um provided that we finish watching the season <laughs> provided yeah. that we get there <laughs> because uh oh i know even something on netflix the orange is a new black it's a show i absolutely love and it's ending in the seven seven series but i haven't watched anything past the fourth series because the lead okay. character really started getting up my nose. And I started thinking, they're doing it. They're doing the American thing. Ex She's supposed to be in prison for 18 months. How long does this 18 months last? <laughs> yes, what happened to parole, for goodness sake? Well, no, if, uh, 18 months, you don't need parole for 18 months. But it shouldn't. It's Do been four okay. seasons. And <laughs> like it's been four seasons. And the 18 months isn't up yet. How can you get four seasons out of 18 months? <laughs> 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 so yeah it, it just started getting up my nose so I stopped watching it but now that it's finishing I might go back and actually finish it off so that might show up later but what have you been watching that might show up on a on a later episode well I've got one is a documentary series and one is a drama series so the Ooh. documentary series is called Ride with Norman Reedus now Norman Reedus is Daryl Dixon in The Walking Dead Yep. And what I didn't know about him is that he is an enthusiastic motorcyclist. He's been a lifelong motorcycle fan since his teens. Since to be honest with you, he does have that look. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> have a sort of this biker vibe about yeah. him. Yeah. And so Ride with Norman Reedus is the first... I've only seen half of the first season. I think there are currently four seasons. But the first half of the season, he's basically he meets up with a friend or a couple of friends and they go on like an epic ride. So the first episode was... He went on the Pacific Highway, so going from Los Angeles up oh, yeah. north to the Redwoods. Is it Santa Cruz? Something like that. And then the second one is like Death Valley from Las Vegas. And the third one I've seen is where he's in Georgia, where they film The Walking Dead. And he goes up to the Dragon's Back, which is a very famous ride. Is this, so is, it me, or is, goes, this is this essentially, 
is this essentially a ripoff of Ewan McGregor's show, The Long Way Round and The Long Way Down, but in America? Yeah, very similar. And what it reminded me and my brother, because we both are that old, uh, is in the 1980s, there was a series in this country with Nick Knowles. Do you know Nick Knowles? Yeah, I know Nick Knowles. I know Nick Knowles. He did the a social media botherer. That's right. He <laughs> did a series called Ridge Riders. And Ridge Riders was basically following the South Downs. And each week he'd have a celebrity on a motorbike and they would do a tour around an area and then they'd, they'd stop off at interesting places and they'd have a, a musical interlude um, with the Ridge Riders band who wrote songs just to accompany the series. And so it's very much like that. So it reminded me very much of like, this is just an American Ridge Riders, basically. Oh, but yeah, oh. I've been enjoying it so far. So Alpha, I don't know how many episodes there are in a season. But I'm halfway through season one. Okay, I look look forward to seeing. What... And it's one I can watch with my brothers as well because they tolerate stuff with. <laughs> so what is that? What what platform is that on? That is on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. All right. So we look forward to seeing what we look forward to seeing what you guys come up with. And um, well, when you finish watching it, we look forward to seeing what happens. And the other thing you've been yes, watching is is it. kind of Norman Reedus related. It's Dominic related, yes, it's Fear the Walking Dead. All so right. I'm on to season four. I've watched the first three seasons, but what's interesting about season four is midway through, they had a new showrunner. Yep. And so it had a completely, it changes tone completely. Um, so from the beginning of the, the season, I don't want to go into too much detail, but it's basically Fear the Walking Dead is set on the the west coast of america as opposed to walking dead has been set on the east coast very much in the south yeah so it's like georgia atlanta that sort of area it started off whereas fear the walking dead started off in los angeles and then oh. they moved south into mexico over the first three seasons and then back up into texas oh. and now this is season four you're in texas and you're in that part of the world and Morgan, who's one of the characters from The Walking Dead, it has that's the guy played by Letty Jones, Le Letty James, Letty right? James, yeah, yeah. So he has basically joined. He's taken over as the showrunner, as the lead character. So we see it, the world through his eyes, and and so, yeah. So we're now, so now we're going to take in a different direction to the okay. first three seasons altogether. Okay, now this is something I always want to... I never watched The Walking Dead. I never, I never watched it because that's one of those shows I feel is never going to end. And also, the... the the each ep, From what I see, each season seems to have the same basic storyline. But um, but when, but Fear the Walking Dead sounded to me like the most pointless TV show. It sounded like they were just trying to get another Walking Dead and get more people watching the whole thing. So, I mean, if is there a point of watching Fear the Walking Dead if you already watched The Walking Dead? I mean, I just really don't... I don't, from from an outsider's point of view, I think this is this is a cynical marketing ploy. But from, from yeah, it point... is basically just expanded the world. But the, what was interesting about the first season, particularly of Fear the Walking Dead, is that where the Walking Dead started a long time after this event was so. Rick Grimes, who's the main character in the Walking Dead, is shot. Is a police officer. He gets shot. He it's very much like Twenty Eight Days Later. He wakes yeah. up in a deserted hospital where everyone's gone and it's like there's a thing saying do not enter here there's dead inside and yeah. he goes wandering out into the world and it's already a devastated changed world whereas in fear the walking dead it starts off very small and you sort of witness the build-up it doesn't become like there's apocalypse it starts off with a news report of some some druggies acting a bit odd and some homeless people disappearing and going a bit funny mm. and then you see it's a bit like World War Z or World War Z if you are, you know, American. About the pronunciation, American. But it's very much like World War Z in that you see the apocalypse unfolding rather than it being fully formed and happened. All right. It's a present event rather than a past event. So it's interesting in that you see how one family copes with the loss of everything they recognize, whereas okay. Rick Grimes woke up to a different world. Okay, cool. I'm still not going to watch it. But... No. But if you're a Walking Dead fan, I mean, the comic says, well, there's over 100 and, 100 and something or other of the comics. So there's plenty of potential there for it to keep going forevermore. But the comics, the comics recently ended. They ended like last month. Oh, did they really? Wow. Yeah, they ended the comics. The, 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 the creator actually stopped the run and nobody was expecting it. 
he just he didn't make a big fanfare of it. He just wrote the story, and when people finished reading the story, they're like, "Hang on, that's the end. <laughs> that's the actual. That's end. it." Because <clears throat> I think yeah, there are there are infinite variations. I think I mean you can take any country, any culture, and I think that's where the series is going. I think with on and where the franchise is going, they're talking about making films, and so that they can expand the world and see different parts of the world, see different characters, see how different people and different uh, agencies deal with the fallout. If you excuse the poem, I think that they needs to die. But... <laughs> but <laughs> See, I love myself some zombie action, so I'm quite happy with it in its various incarnations. I'm fine with zombie action. I'm just tired of stories that never end. I hate stories that don't end. It's one of the reasons I do not watch some Japanese anime, because something like Bleach has like 500 episodes, and it doesn't... They, <laughs> they don't want to end it. It just keeps going. Where's the end? I want the end. I want to know that yeah. there's an end. <laughs> it can't keep well, I had... A I had a funny experience because, you know, we've always said uh, one of the rules of the show is if you're going to review something, you have to have seen the whole series. Yes. Well, I was looking at a Russian series on Netflix. Um, I think it's called something like Suri Asurat. Um, and it's set a pre-revolutionary Russia. So it's like a costume drama. And I thought, oh, I'll sit down and watch that. I thought it was like a mini series. Yeah. And I started scrolling down through the episodes. And there's something like 90 episodes or something. Well, for it one season. It's on forever. One seat, one. Well, it doesn't seem to have seasons. It just seems to keep going. It's just like forever. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I scrolled down and I thought, how long? It's like, you know, trying to find your date of birth on one of these, you know, fill in your details. You're scrolling for a long time when you get to be my age. And I was thinking, <laughs> I'm going to be scrolling forever to find the beginning of this series. And I thought, nope, there's no way I'm reviewing that. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I mean, we know you're dedicated, Sharon, but I, I wouldn't put you through that. I, I no, even... so... <laughs> no, I mean, why? You why? wouldn't be getting why? any sort of Russian drama reviews from me. Why? I mean, why? <laughs> Give me an end. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but okay, on, on that note... Um... So they're also rounds. We haven't even got to the main main event yet, but yeah, they might also rounds. Also... You know, watch this space. They may have come at, uh, someday later on. Oh, also, and you, you mentioned World War Z, and I just want to say something. First of all, I didn't say it last yep. week, so happy birthday, Nina. Happy... <laughs> Nina, oh, uh, happy birthday, Nina! Nina, a super fan. She's pretty much a mascot by now, to be honest with you. And yeah. Nina, it's happy birthday! And um, so it was her birthday last week, and she asked. She said, "Don't send me presents, but send me a book that I have that you might think. Uh, send me a book that you have that you might think I might like." So I ended up sending her three. I sent her World War Z because I think the book, I've read it. Good book. The book is amazing. I mean, I think the book yes, is just fun. It, it is fun. I actually, I'll. I would say it's so well realized. I think the book is actually mind blowing. I sent her. Yes. I sent her Watchmen by Alan Moore, the original graphic novel. Cool. And I sent her a book called Phoenicia's World, which is written by a friend of Michael Ben Jeeps, who is a really, really good sci-fi author. And I think this is this is the kind of film because whenever I'm reading a sci-fi novel, I end up going, you know what? I would just love to. I just I read a sci-fi novel and I think. I start. I pretty much start directing it in my head, and I start imagining what this would be like on. Uh, and yes. I think I think this would make a brilliant TV show, but I think it would be majorly expensive because it has some massive sci-fi ideas about terraforming other <laughs> planets in there. Great stuff. So Nina, I know you probably will be listening to this. Read that one first. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you had a happy birthday, Nina. I hope you had a lovely birthday. Yes. And carry on celebrating. Birthdays don't have to last one day. You can celebrate for ages. Mine are like gladiatorial games. I make sure they last. You know. Weeks. <laughs> well, the way I look at it is, that I'm sending her these books about a week after her birthday. That makes the book la- that makes the word birthday last longer. And as long as she's reading the books, Yay. it's still her birthday. So. Yeah. A gift that keeps giving. Yes, yes. But anyway, my also rant. Oh, good one. We, have, we should actually get on to talking about some films that, that we've act, that we actually... Okay, but my also rant is a, t- score. Is a TV show on the Amazon Prime called The Boys. Now... Oh, I've seen the trailer for this. Yes, yes. The Boys, it's... it's I think it's a very timely TV series because it's, it's, a, it's based on a... Uh, it's based on a graphic novel by Gareth, Gareth Ennis. And it's all about this world in which you have all these superheroes, but the superheroes have pretty much replaced the celebrities. So imagine, imagine like, okay, so imagine the celebrities. Think about the people you see in the news nowadays. Imagine your Kim Kardashians Mm -hmm. and your Kanye West and even your Donald Trumps and all that kind of stuff. Those are your celebrities. But imagine they all had superpowers, 
but instead of them thinking I'm a superhero, I'm going to use my powers for good, they use their powers for whatever it is that they're doing now with it, but just it's just, it's just, what's the word I'm looking for? Elevated. And it's just... Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the central idea is that it's on a, it's like power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely. What happens if you have superpowers? So, <laughs> and the boys are a small in the novels the, in the graphic novels. They're a small section of like a dark ops version of the CIA who are there to keep superheroes in line. So if a superhero steps out of line and uses their power to go do something stupid, they they are the ones who go after the superhero to teach the superhero a lesson. And the the I've been watching the TV series. The first season is only eight episodes. I'm on episode six at the moment, and so far I love. Okay. The, yeah, I got the graphic novel. I love the graphic novel. They've changed it. They've changed it. I think significantly, but I kind of like what they have done with it. I mean, they've just done a season. That it's got some cameos in it that just like make me crack up and all that. And it's so it's <laughs> one of these things where you have to pause and you have to look at the stuff in the background because there's just so many things thrown in. And so many nods and so many in jokes. If you're a comics fan, if you're a superhero fan, anything like that. But I think it's it's a it's like a good thought experiment, and uh, I I waited to see how the season ends. But I will let you know about that next week because I would have finished watching it by then. Oh, cool. Right. Shall yes, we... I've been meaning to check that out. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, um, Sharon, uh, we said last week or was it the week before how you are a decency monitor. <clears throat> so yes. I do have to warn you. Oh. I do have to warn you. Uh, the guy who wrote it, Garth Ennis, he is not known for being a shrinking violet. Let me put it that way. He okay. He uses swear words as punctuation. <clears throat> He's so so, and the TV show is nowhere near as intense as the comic, but it does go into a whole bunch of those sort of things. And when we talk right. about when we talk about these heroes having like you know, essentially powered people, think about people being depraved with power. This TV show does go into that. It, okay. It does go to that in graphic detail. <laughs> so be warned. Be warned. It's good. I need but to have my windsometer ready then to go you, into the red. You're going to need to have your windsometer. There is, oh good lord. Okay, because okay, you and I are both Christians. We both we're both professing yes. Christians. There's a scene. There's a scene in it where they go to a Christian camp, and it is, it is, it. it I'm it got, already getting nervous. It, it got me annoyed. It got me annoyed. And I think a, re- a large part of the reason it got me annoyed is because I recognize those camps. So, okay. <laughs> so, I might have been to one or two myself. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, it, it's not... Uh, anyway, anyway, I'll stop talking. Just, just be warned. Not for the faint-hearted, but be prepared. Yeah. yeah, just be prepared. Just be prepared. All right, cool. So, let's get on to the actual Netflix versus cinema main bout this week. Yay. Yes, finally, we got there. I think we had a longer period because Sean isn't here, so we know we're going to have only two rounds as opposed to three, what we usually have. Yes. And we're going to kick off with a film. I think this is the big release this week, which, weirdly enough, was released on a Wednesday, I think. Which means that I could see it today before we came before we record this because today we're recording this on a cool. Thursday, and so I was I was kind of shocked. I was like, they're releasing films on a Wednesday now, but this is probably the biggest thing, and this is a bit of a mouthful of a title: The Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. So this yes. is this is I'm not sure whether you've been following the Fast and the Furious movies. No. Okay, cool. Uh, in a, in a, you know, in a way, I'm kind of glad Sean isn't here, but at the same time, I, I would have loved to see what Sean is because Sean legendarily hates the Fast and Furious movies. Yes, <laughs> he does. I think Sean's, Sean's absolute disgust of the Fast and Furious movies is actually a joy to behold when you watch it. So, so Sean, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this, man, I would love to see what you think. But, okay, so this is essentially the Fast and Furious is crazy it started off and it started off as like you know the uh it was like an adaptation of the film point break but with cars and it was like you know yeah, so that. i've seen one i've seen the first one yes with paul walker and vin diesel i yes. saw the first one and it's all like racing cars hijacking stuff good cop bad cop yep. stuff yep isn't it yeah that that's what it started off as sharon trust me right now this series is totally unrecognizable you would not, you would not recognize you would not recognize what you watched all those years ago no not only because unfortunately we've lost Paul Walker but because yes. when it got to Fast and Furious 5 
they essentially decided to change the entire thing of what the scene. So this, so if you, if you're watching Fast and Furious, right, I think people are going to study this in the future because it's up to they're actually filming Fast and Furious Nine at the moment, and there's there's two like you know how there's BC and AD. There's two distinct periods of Fast and Furious. There's before Fast and Furious Five, and af- actually no, quite frankly, there's before The Rock. And after The Rock, that's actually what happened. Ah, okay. So Fast and Furious 5, they bring The Rock in as this guy who's chasing the gang down. And the this is where, essentially, I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote a message to one of my friends to try and explain what happened with Fast and Furious. And I said, like, essentially, from 5, that's when they decided that they were superheroes. They decided that physics doesn't matter. That nobody should take this too seriously. <laughs> except for Vin Diesel, who keeps prattling on about family. And everything, everything can be made better by adding The Rock. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, Fast and Furious 5, Rio Heist, is where they started doing stupid things like dragging dragging a a safe through the streets of Rio by pulling it along with two cars. And nothing makes any sense. And I think Fast and Furious 6 is the one that has the longest, or is that 5? I can't remember, getting it mixed up. Has the longest runway in the history of the world because they have this... They have this fight on a plane where they're supposed, it's supposed to be as this plane is, is speeding up to take off. This fight goes on for about 10 minutes and somebody actually sat down and went, <laughs> hang on a second. An average plane, when it's trying to take off, taxis are like, you know, it goes on maybe 50 miles an hour. They were fighting for five minutes on a plane that was going 50 miles an hour. How long was this wrong runway? <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, reason has gone out of the window. And as long as you, you switch your brain off before you go into a Fast and Furious movie, and as long as you you realize that essentially this is not the real world that these characters live in, this this is a this is a random world where nothing that happened before seems to affect what's happening after, and this is a random world where these people are for all intensive purposes superheroes. So, <laughs> so the things they can Should do, I- so the things that it, it's someone I think. Um, Helen O'Hara on the Empire Film Podcast, she refers to this as, like, I think she's, oh, oh, someone Empire anyway, they said that Universal, this is Universal superhero franchise. So Disney have got the MCU, Warner Bros. have got the DC thing, Universal have got the Fast and Furious movies, that they, this is their superhero franchise. So once you go into, once you do that and you accept that this is what you're going to be watching, you're going to be watching things that would not happen, that is just stupid, then you are going to have a whale of a time. And having said that, uh, this is a bit of a departure because this is a this film is a is a spin-off from the main Fast and Furious series. So they've taken the characters played by The Rock and Jason Statham, that's Luke's Hobb and Deckard Shaw, and they've put them into their own movie. They've sort of like put them into their own silo. There's real world reasons for this because The Rock and Vin Diesel do not get along. So I think pretty much The Rock is not going to be appearing in any film with Vin Diesel in it ever again. But Vin Diesel, <laughs> yeah, but Vin Diesel is a Vin Diesel is the Fast and Furious movies right now. He's like the producer and all that yes. kind of stuff. So because of that, he's not going to not be in those movies. So I think The Rock essentially, but the the producers of these films went, look, we're not dumb. The Rock is a he's brilliant in these films. He's a great he's a great draw. Let's put him into his own film. And then they put the Jason Statham character, who initially showed up as a bad guy. And this is where this is what I mean by things that happened beforehand, having no relation to what happens afterwards. He initially showed up as a bad guy, but now he's pally with everybody. <laughs> and, and then they, they go okay. up into this sort of like buddy cup movie. They, the, the plot is inconsequential, quite frankly. You have Idris Elba, who refers to himself as Black Superman in this film. And honestly, I have to say, this is Idris Elba's best big screen role oh wow yeah because when i think about idris elbow on the big screen i i can't really think of much stuff on the big screen that he's been great in that you yeah. think actually plays to his strength that you think this actually works for him and everything like that and his gruff kind of speaking voice yeah but it's yeah yeah but this i think is his best big screen role where he's being he's playing like an, an enhanced super soldier think well, yeah, I think Captain America pretty much that he's he's been enhanced, and there's some guff about being the next stage of human evolution, and yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And then there's a whatever, just drive fast. Essentially, yeah. 
Well, that's the thing. They don't do that much driving in this film. Or oh, Kara. Yeah, there they are chase scenes, but the fact that this is not a main thing, they have used that to step away from the whole cars thing, which they've been doing over the years anyway. Because in the in the main season series now, they're pretty much like you know a crack team of commandos who happen to drive cars. But in in this one, right. there are car chases, but the car chases are this is pre, this is like a Bond film. It's it's like a Bond film okay. where it's, where it's like we need to go around the world and we need to do this. And so I think it's I think it's funny. I think um, there are some bits where it grates a little bit the interplay between the Rock and Jason Statham, but for the most part, I think it actually works out quite well. I think they ha they have quite a good chemistry. Quite they're quite a good double act together. And in this one, they bring in Vanessa Kirby as um, uh, the sister of Jason Statham's character. And she actually holds her own. She is so... And I think... I feel like this is... This is a dumb film that seems to be aware of the world that it's in. So it's aware that we're living in a Me Too world. So the... So even though they do some of the sort of tropes of like... Oh, if there's a woman, at some point she's going to be a damsel in distress. That, that kind yeah. of thing. So but even though they, they have that, but they go, okay, yes, yes, okay, we know what kind of film we're making. She'll be a damsel in distress, but don't worry. No man is going to save her, that kind of thing. So it kind of, <laughs> yeah. it kind of fulfills the tropes, but then does kind of things with it. There's a whole bit where they go to Samoa because, uh, and it seems like it's the rock lobbied for that because he's of Samoan heritage. And then showing you like a whole different kind of um, culture and everything like that. I, I, I actually quite like that. So it's it's a fun film. It's a switch your brain off film. It has some cameos that I did not expect. I was like, how did they keep it quiet that this person was in the film? <laughs> yeah, and it, it and it, and to show you the fact that they see this as a superhero movie, it does the whole thing of having a mid credit sting and an end credit sting, which add nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, they they add they add they add like nothing to the film. They add nothing to what you're watching, but it does do a mid credit scene, end credit scene. I think the action is quite good. The interplay is quite good. It's directed by one of the guys who directed the original John Wick and Deadpool two. So oh okay it, yeah, and and I feel like he has more of a sensibility. It it he has more of a sensibility on it. So you going going we're going to see crazy action things that. Mm, that might not make sense. Like I was watching this thing, and within the first five minutes, I was like, "Oh my god, I've seen like three things that Sean's gonna have an issue." With. <laughs> I was like, "Sean, are we watching this again? What? How do you? No! How do you do that?" So I would give this a four out of five because okay. I think, yeah, I think I had a whale of a time. I felt like it's they know what they're making. They are aware. They are aware that this is stupid, and they are leaning into the stupidness of it. And then it's it's. And they essentially, this is a superhero movie, pretty much. It's a superhero movie with people who were trying to pretend they're normal. Uh, but if you do not like the Fast and Furious movies, if you do not, if you like logic in your films, uh, you may not like it. I'll put it in that caveat, but I, I would give it a four. But, and Sean, if you're listening, Sean, at least in this, they don't have any shots of them all walking in a line in slow motion, walking away from a casino <laughs> or something like that. Is there enough in there for people like me who haven't followed the franchise? Is there an, is it accessible enough for us to watch it as as a action film? Yes, it is. I'll tell you because it's okay. Essentially, Sharon, as I said, as I said, there's the before the Rock and after the Rock in this franchise, right? It said yeah. any of the films after the Rock, they're totally unrecognizable. You could watch them and you would go, "Hang on, wasn't that guy in a film about cars?" Oh well, yeah, but, but you could totally watch them and not need to know anything whatsoever because they keep okay. they keep changing the stories anyway. They keep retconning everything. They keep moving things back and forth. And even Jason Statham's character, as I said, started off as a bad guy, and then they've gone. They even changed his name between films. Okay. In one film he's called in one film he's called Ian and the next film he's called Deckard. So this is this is a this is a franchise. Oh. This is a franchise that that just does whatever the heck it wants. So quite frankly you And who's do, gonna argue with them? You you do not need to worry about continuity because they aren't they are they are not worried about continuity whatsoever. So you could just pick this up and watch it without having to worry about anything else. But anyway, I think I've okay. blathered I've blathered on enough about that. Yeah. But Hubs and Sure. Well, I might check it out. Yeah, I would, I would recommend it. I would recommend it. It would be interesting to see if I was right and you can just jump straight into it. Uh, but yeah. it, 
it's but I, I do think I have to say Vanessa Kirby holds her own with all the testosterone on screen and all that kind of stuff. She's great. I mean, there's even a bit in this film where somebody goes, That's impossible. <laughs> when she's <laughs> seen somebody do something, it goes, That's impossible. As if and we're all sitting there with the audience going, Well, oh, yeah, we know, we know, and now we know that you know. So that's good. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, but now we're gonna go into the Netflix world or the Amazon Prime world, as it may be, and you're gonna talk about something yes. called Arctic. Yes, I saw Arctic, which is a was I have I didn't I wasn't aware of it as a cinema release. Okay. But I I I only came across it by chance when I was browsing in this my nearest supermarket, and I saw it for sale on the shelf, and I thought I've never heard of this film. So then I went and found it on Amazon, and I I watched it. And the mum the main appeal for me was that it's got Mads Mikkelsen. I knew it. <laughs> You know, I haven't looked this film up, but even before you said anything, and I was like, if you find a random film and you watch it, it's going to have Mads Mikkelsen in it. True. <laughs> I was like, I knew it's... it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I know, it's just, it's uh, it's trivial and, and silly of me. But I will just watch anything he's in. I'll watch him. Uh, if you sat him down and said, could you just please read this telephone directory to camera, I would watch it. <laughs> I'd watch it and I'd probably give it a four star <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this there is a plot to this there is a story to it um it starts off you never know which part of the uh, the arctic we are in but basically Mads Mikkelsen is a, a a lone survivor of a plane crash and you see him sort of eking out an existence whilst hoping and praying to be rescued you see him he set up a He's got a system where he has a little timer on everything, so he, he allocates himself certain tasks every day. He's carved in the snow, a big SOS in the snow, so any passing planes will spot him. He's got a series of like water holes through the ice where he catches fish, and he set up this like alarm system so when there's a tug on one of his lines, he'll hear it from wherever he is. Yeah, and he has like a a little a wind up emergency like beacon that he goes up to the nearest high ground and he sits there and he winds this thing that you have to manually crank for it to send out like a, a peep to say anyone passing by they will pick up his signal they'll know that there's a downed plane nearby yeah and he's living in like the the carcass of his downed plane and at the beginning of the film you then it, you see him, you don't know how long he's been there, but you gather that he's been there a while. He's set up this system, but he is waiting and he is hoping for for rescue. And then you see this rescue helicopter arrive, hit some turbulence and crash. Oh, good Lord. And then he, he obviously goes to see his rescue helicopter and finds that there is one survivor. And then the film then changes tone. Instead of it be about being his own survival and him waiting for someone to come and rescue him. It's about him trying to ensure the survival of someone else. And his motivation then becomes all about take getting this person to safety. So it changes from him being slightly passive in that he's waiting. He's just like, he's surviving and he's got everything he needs to survive. He's got water through the, the snow. He's got his fishing boat poles, but this is suddenly he has to become proactive about seeking help. Yeah. That, he has to get help for this person. And so you then see him on this helicopter. He manages to scavenge all sorts of things. And on these things, there is a map on there. And it shows you where there is like a a base for where the rescue helicopters go. It's where they refuel. It's where they... It's in the middle of the Arctic, but it's a place that's a, a place where there's a supply dump basically for rescue helicopters, and he's and it's a number of days away. I mean, it's a long way away, but he thinks, right, I need to get there. And you've the film basically follows him on his trek to get to this point with his survivor. Okay. And then there's all sorts of things on the way. So it's if you like, it's reminiscent of The Martian in some ways, in that. There's a lone man on a mission. Yep. <laughs> and you, there's a, a, events happen on this journey, and it's a little bit sort of Robinson Crusoe at the beginning, but instead of on a desert island, it's it's, it's in a desert, in desert of, landscape on a desert continent or something. On the desert continent, yeah. And you, and his man Friday is unconscious and needs help rather than some. But it's this one, this this uh, the other person becoming involved 
changes the whole motivation of the character, like with Robinson Crusoe. He was living his own life, and then suddenly another person like changed his perspective. Is, so, I mean, is this, this the this film? Man. Is this the film that um, I, I heard about something starring Matt Nicholson in a sort of snowy landscape where he doesn't do much talking? Yeah, there's hardly any Lance speech in the whole film. All right, okay, cool. Every now and then he mutters, and because I wasn't didn't have this, I had the sound really low. I couldn't hear what he said anyway. Because, <laughs> so, because sorry, because you didn't have a what? I didn't have the sound up very high on the television. All right. I, I couldn't really, I couldn't really hear what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and a few times I wasn't sure whether he was speaking in, in sort of Danish or or not. <laughs> so. But yeah, he, there's no there's no dialogue, there's no conversations in this film. He will say every now and then he'll go, "Oh no," or "Oh crumbs," or whatever, and, yeah. you know, an exclamation of distress. Yep. And but yeah, there's hardly any speech in it. There's only three cast members in it, and one of those is dead. And <laughs> so <laughs> this is a cherry movie for all the family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it is quite an intense experience. I mean, I had, um, you know, my, I've, as you probably know my circumstances, one of my brothers has recently split up with his wife and he's staying with us. Mm. And um, he's sort of, his bedroom is our front room, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> until he gets himself sorted out. And he came in halfway through this film and I said, do not interrupt me, I am watching a film. Because <laughs> 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 it's, it's like, you know, I don't care if you're ready to go to bed, you are not interrupting me. This is my Mads Mickelson time. <laughs> it's so me and I, Mads. So I sent him from the room and then I was able to watch it. But yeah, this is quite an intense watch. There's not many laughs in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, I found it sort of quite compelling, though. I just found it's one of those films that, yeah, there's no speech. It's, and you, But you can see at certain points you're thinking... At what point do you, would you say, I just can't go on, or which point do you give up? And he he reaches those points several times, and you're thinking, is this the point where he says, give up? Or there's that whole question about, you know, he's trying to save this other person. And at certain points, you're thinking, is he just going to ditch them? <laughs> say, you know what, I tried, but I just can't save us both. You see, that this seems it's to be... an intriguing film. Yeah, th this seems to be the latest in a in in a burgeoning subgenre of sort of survivalist movies, not survival horror or anything like that, but just survivalist. Like I know Robert Redford was in All Is Lost. There was yes, yeah, I think Gravity falls underneath this as well. On the, I know yeah. that in All Is Lost, Robert Redford hardly speaks; he hardly says anything. But Gravity, there's a lot, there's a bit, there's more talking, but it's still the whole kind of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, stuff is going. How do I deal with nature trying to kill me? Yeah, when I was watching it, the, the film that it reminded me of, it was The Old Man and the Sea in some ways. Though in that one, you get his inner monologue the whole time. He's constantly telling you what he's thinking, what he's yeah. feeling, what's going on. Whereas this doesn't. You're looking at him, and you, but you can almost hear that inner monologue, him sort of having these debates that yeah. you heard in Old Man in the Sea. But in this one, it's you don't hear it, but you see it. You know, he expresses it in different ways you get that sort of despair and determination and you know well that just you know i'm not giving up sort of sense without him expressing it in it's all about his eyes bag. isn't it it's all about mr mickelson's it's all eyes about those eyes it's those eyes <laughs> so okay so how many stars would you give man mickelson's eyes in the arctic I would give it a four star, Ooh. but I would say it's not for everyone. I would probably say for general, if you want to have a, an evening of like entertainment, it's probably not the film to choose. You'd go for Hobbs but and Shaw. Yes, you'd go for Hobbs and Shaw. And if you want to eat popcorn, you want to, if you want to crunch popcorn through a film, this is probably not the film <laughs> to choose. <laughs> but I would say if you want something that makes you think about, you know, well, at what point would you say... I can't go on. Or at what point would you say, you know what, I tried, but I just can't save you? I thought if you want something that makes you just feel, then I would say this is a, a good film for that. Um, a quiet late night film where you want to just sit and experience, you just feel the chill of 
of frostbite contemplating do I chop off a finger or a toe oh wow uh, so I thought it was quite an intense film but yeah I thought it was worth it it was worth it for those eyes oh, cool so you see we cover film, all yeah. sorts here on this we've gone all the way from switch your brain off to ooh, switch your brain on but they're both four yes. stars <laughs> four stars yeah so it's yeah I, I rated it. I thought it was a really good film and it made me think about it afterwards which I think is a good film yeah because sometimes when you're I'm walking home from the cinema I'm I've already forgotten it. I'm, yep. I'm on to the next, you know, what am I going to have for tea? Whereas this, I was just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I really, I thought it was furious. a really good, good film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So that was Arctic. That was Arctic. Oh, good. So cinema and Netflix or cinema and Netflix and friends. Oh, we're punching. We're both punching. They're going to try something out. All right, cool. Now <laughs> we're going to go back to cinema and this is a film called The Current War. Yes. Yeah. Which I've seen it, the trailer for it. Yep. So, Slightly underwhelming, I have to say. Oh, you see, now this is the thing. I thought this is the kind of film that you would actually have enjoyed. Um, but it's, it's, this is a film that has a bit of a storied history because it was supposed to be released in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although the problem is that it was supposed to be released by the Weinstein Company. Ah, uh. Yes. That name. <laughs> yes. That name resonates now for all the wrong reasons, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. It gives the it gives the whole meaning of the current war. It gives the current war a totally different meaning. What do you think about it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was supposed to be released by the Weinstein Company, but then some allegations have surfaced about somebody being uh, not well, horrible, let's be honest. It, it, yeah, and, a lechy beast. Yeah. Yeah, and so essentially... So, the so the film got it, it just got uh, postponed and it got pretty, kind of forgotten about and then it got sold to another company who have finally have finally gone around to releasing it so this is and which is why it's weird for a film that stars benedict cumberbatch tom holland who is the new spider-man michael shannon Catherine parkinson there is like no there is no What's the word? There's no publicity for it. Yeah, not seeing. You're not seeing Kenneth Benedict Cumberbatch coming out on like you know the the sort of interview circuit yeah. or anything. You're not seeing anybody. No, he's anything. not on Graham Norton about this, is he? No. He is not on Graham Norton about this because this film was supposed to be released 2017. So, okay. and it's finally, finally, so coming out, come out, and it's about so the current war. The current in the title refers to electricity. Electricity, yeah. So, yeah, it, it refers to alternating current versus DC current, which is it's set in the 1880s, which is around about when sort of like electric distribution on a large scale was being was beginning to be contemplated. And you had Thomas Edison on one side, who was all about we got to use DC current, and you had a guy called um, George Westinghouse, who who looked at who the way the film tells it wanted to work with Thomas Edison because he was like oh yeah I like his ideas let's work together but from all the from all correspondence there's even a family guy joke about it Thomas Edison was not a very nice person or he was a bit kind of like very very sort of involved up him and like in his own head and he's like no 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 this mm -hmm. is the way I want to do it and so in the film, he keeps rebuffing Westinghouse's advances to like, hey, let's work together. I think I figured out a way of making this thing better because your your current can only go over short distances, can only power like cities and stuff. But what about the people who live far far away? You, we need to have more of this because oh, my thing can go over like a mile. Like a big thing, a big thing in the film is I have be, I have managed to send electric power a mile as opposed to like you know four hundred meters. <laughs> that kind of thing. Cool. And it's um and this film starts off crackingly. I think it starts off brilliantly. It takes something it reminds me a bit of there was a film you guys spoke about a couple of weeks ago, The Hummingbird Project. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds a little bit like that, but I think the beginning of this film grabs you and it brings you in and it actually makes you think, Oh wow, yeah. And I think it sketches the difference between a world without electric power and electric light, because the main thing was for first of all was, was electricity for for light and lighting a place, so people didn't have to use gas lamps anymore. It's like the it sketches the difference between an, a, a world without electric bulbs to, and a world with electric bulbs, and I think it really gets home how big a thing this was and how big a change and how big a revolution this was. Yes. It's, Especially when you start thinking about the world we live in now where everything is electric. People are saying, oh, electric cars, yeah. electric this, electric that. And I think this, the, the film is sketches, and I think it sketches quite well, and it shows how both Edison and Westinghouse 
were kind of visionaries in imagining a world where electricity will become commonplace. Yeah. So the because first... it is a before and after moment, isn't it? Because there was the world before this, yeah, where it's candlelight and then gaslight and then electricity and then yeah, everything changes from yeah. this point on, isn't it? It's like it's not just industrial revolution. This is revolution. You yeah, know? yeah. It, this it, is it's it, dramatic. The, this is this dramatically changed the world. I mean, it really, really, and I think. At the beginning of the film, the film does, I think the first 20 minutes of this film, I absolutely loved. And I was like, oh, wow, yes, more of this, please. And you can see that, they, I can see how they might have thought this was going to be an Oscar contender in 2018 or something like that. But it was, I was, I was loving it. But then it kind of goes off <laughs> into another direction. Okay. And, and I, I, I think part of it might just be the real life story that they're telling. Because it's, because it's real life and these things happened. It isn't that straightforward. Like, you know, innovation doesn't happen in a six-month period. It happens over years. And it, yes. and so in those years, things meander and things go off somewhere. And there's a bit about, once they start realizing that they can transmit electric power, there's a bit in there about the electric chair. And also people went, you know what? We don't think hanging is, too, is a humane way of killing people. We think electricity might be a more humane way of killing people. <laughs> <laughs> and so that comes and then, then Tesla shows up. And Tesla shows up. And so you have the Edison company versus the Westinghouse company. And Tesla shows up and sets up his own company. And these things actually happen in real life and so you can see what they were trying to do with it but it kills the momentum of the first 20 minutes of the film somewhat and a and so that but so it gets to where it's going in the end and i think like most of these things happen in real life the ending isn't really a climax it's just kind of like a oh well yeah that's it now we carry on with life so okay yeah yeah so so i applaud them for doing that but at the same time it does sort of harm the film a bit as a film as something that you're watching yeah i think you could have pared yeah. it down and you could have just made it more about these two men sort of locking horns and all that and it does a very really cool thing where about halfway through the film i just realized hang on a second michael shannon who's playing westinghouse and benedict cumberbatch who's playing edison have not been in a scene together they just haven't <laughs> they they and they keep them apart for the entire film up until right at the very end. And they, ha they, ha they have a scene together. And it's, I quite like it. I mean, it might be a little bit on the nose, but, uh, but I, I quite like it. But they showed them as real characters. And the fact that Edison starts, I feel, I feel like his ego is bruised because someone's come up with a better system. And there's no doubt about it that Westinghouse has the better system. So he starts sort of right. slandering him in the press saying, it's dangerous, it's going to kill people, all that kind of stuff. And that's how, that's how it leads to the sort of electric chair thing. And there's some underhand stuff that he does to do with electric chair. But I really, really enjoyed the film. It just lost momentum and then it meandered. And then you're like, I'm not quite sure about this. I would give it a three out of five. But, um, okay. but I would say something about the film is the, the... Okay, so obviously both Edison and Westinghouse had wives. And I think the film manages to avoid making them the woman at home wringing her hands wondering what her man is doing okay and it, yeah so that's encouraging yeah in some it, ways. it manages to do that i think Catherine parkinson especially as mrs westinghouse or she didn't even have his, his last name and it was Margaret something walker it she is some bits she's a bit lady macbeth and some bits but she's just okay. like a fully realized character in her own right and she manages to avoid just being sitting and going, oh, I'm just going to wait here and make all my man's dreams my dreams. She avoids <laughs> that. And so uh, oh, I think that's quite good. And Thomas Mildenton as Mrs. Edison is quite good. She has, she does, she's not in it much, but she does a lot with what she has. So I would say yes, good with that. All right, cool. So three stars for that. And um, because you've only seen one thing, and I apologize to everybody listening, you're going to have to keep hearing me say a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll, <laughs> tell, you what, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Now, we have a film that I'm going to go back to Netflix and there's a film called Point Blank that I've seen on Netflix this week. And I'm going to let you ask me questions and I'm going to review this film by answering the questions you ask, Sharon. How about that? Okay, that sounds cool. Now, I'm aware of a Point Blank that was made a long time ago. Yep, Lee Marvin. Um, with Lee Marvin. And then there was a sort of remake with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Now, is this oh, no, 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 that, no, that's, that's Point Break. Point Break. That's so Point Break. Point that, that's blank. not a remake. There's there's a remake of there's been a couple of remakes of Point Blank. There was one with um with Mel Gibson called um, Payback. 
Okay. And there was I'm getting my points muddled yeah, up. Yeah. So there was one. There was one with a listener called Payback, and there was one with Jason Statham called Parker, which was the original name of the character in the novel that Point Blank was based on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is it anything to do with any of those films? No. Cool. We can move on then. <laughs> so is it? Is I don't know anything about this film. I obviously as you can probably tell. Yeah. So. Is it, a, is it a contemporary action thriller? It sounds like it's going to be an action thriller with shooting and running about. It is all those things. And it is it is a American remake of a French movie called uh, A Point... A Point... I can't remember. But it's an it's a American, <laughs> American remake of a French movie. But this... Now, this is... When we're talking about people who you were watching a film, I think this is in your wheelhouse, Sharon, because it stars in the lead roles... Frank Grillo. Yeah, oh, uh, yes, I'm there. <laughs> yes, Frank Grillo and Anthony Mackie. So essentially, Crossbones right, and, the, yeah. and the Falcon from the MCU are the leads in this yes. film. And the film kicks... See, I have a weakness for Frank Grillo because I've seen some sort of low-budget stuff, but he, he does deliver, I have to say, on an action front. <laughs> I mean, he is... I think he's one of those, like... Had, had he been in the 1980s, he would have been a huge action star. Yes, actually. I think I, he's just his... I totally I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think now because that action film is not made in the same way as it was back in the day, I think, you know, I think he, he like missed his moment. He <laughs> was like born too late to become a, a, the, the action star he should have been. But no, I think he's, he's a good, solid lead in whatever he's in. So what is... Is it like a good guy, bad guy, or are they both, you know? It is a good guy, bad thing? guy. It is a bit of a throwback to like you know body comedy or body body cop movie. But it is, this is one of the ones where you have everyday man gets thrown into a situation with a seasoned pro in these sort of things. So okay, who's the seasoned pro? The seasoned pro is obviously Frank Grillo. Frank, yeah. <laughs> and Anthony Mackie. Oh, yeah, he would be my seasoned pro. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good Lord, Sharon. <laughs> Calm it down, woman. I've seen this side, <laughs> seen this side of you. <laughs> I'm like, All right, cool. But it's a uh, good Lord. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to do that whole meow thing, but I, I won't. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm just gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try keep it together take here. Take a breath. I'm gonna try just keep take it. Take a breath. Gonna try keep fine. it together here for for the next five minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. So oh good lord, I can't say season pro anymore. I cannot say season pro. <laughs> okay. So the whole story about this is the film kicks off and you see the sort of mansion like somewhere in America. Well, obviously mansion um, surrounded by grass and all that kind of stuff. Then there's a gunshot and there's a flash. Then someone falls out of a window, runs towards the camera, and you see it's Frank Grillo, and then he runs off. He runs off and then he gets and he gets into the middle of, he's obviously being chased by people who are shooting at him. He runs into the middle of a road and he gets run over by a car. And That's not a good start to a day, is it? <laughs> yeah, he gets run over by a car. He ends up in the hospital, and then Anthony Mackey is the nurse in the hospital who's trained to be a, who's trained to be a doctor who has to go look after him. He walks into the room and as he's looking as he's looking after Frank Grillo, trying to like, you know, administer medicine, someone comes out of the shadows and attacks him. Beats him up, takes his his ID badge and jumps out of the window and runs off. Then he you he goes home, you see that he's uh he, his wife is pregnant, she's about to drop a baby any day now. And uh he um but when he goes home, somebody comes in, attacks him and his wife, then he wakes up later, they phone him and they say that guy in the hospital, get him out of the hospital. Get him out of the hospital and give me a call on this number when you've done it. Either why, otherwise your wife dies. So he goes in and he's like, all right, I don't know who this guy is, but he's obviously some sort of criminal. He came in with a gunshot wound, but he has to figure out a way and use his wits to get him out because if he doesn't, his wife, they've told him that his wife's going to get killed. And that's how you go on. And then you go and find out that Frank Grillo is this criminal. And there's this whole thing about corruption. And, and he, the, the house that he was in was a DA's house or a district attorney's house. And the district attorney was dead. So it's about who killed the district attorney. Why did this thing happen? And then it turns to this. It's, it's simply this way. It's the kind of film that 
the second the bad guy shows up on the screen, you're like, oh yeah, that's a bad guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know straight away. You're like, okay, I've seen this film a thousand times. I know how this thing goes. That's the bad guy. This is what's going on. There's crooked cops. There's crooked politicians. There's da 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 da, da and all that kind of stuff. And go shoot a whole bunch of stuff up. Go do a whole thing. Thing. Let me put this way. I had this film on while I was doing something else. Yes. And, yeah. And that I, makes sense. Yeah, and I don't particularly feel like I've missed anything. I don't. I don't feel I missed anything. There's a couple of things that the 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 well, Anthony Mackie's wife, who's pregnant, is played by Tayana Paris, a lady who I'm quite mm-hmm. happy to see is getting a lot of, is getting more work because I think she was brilliant in Dear White People. I think uh, she was good in Mad Men, but she's the kind of person who does a couple of things and then you don't see her for a couple of years, then you see her in something else that you don't see her for a couple of years. But she's gonna right. be, but she's joining the MCU, so I'm like, yay, well done. Okay. <laughs> so it's. Um, yeah, and so that's the film got, carries on, and there's all this sort of stuff. There's a couple of things in it that I think are. There's a couple of things that that I think. Uh, I, I can't even call them inventive. I think I feel like a lot of it has just happened before. There is there is some funny stuff. Like there's a bit where they go to a gangster, and he's supposed to be like you know a sort of. He's a black gangster in this area, but the characterization of him is probably the one thing in the film. I'm like, okay, cool. That's that's kind of cool <laughs> because he's he gives you this whole thing like he's he's like a drug dealer, he's like a gangster. Well, all he really really wants to do is direct movies, and so, <laughs> and so there, there's that. But I don't think the film's that good. I don't think I don't think it's that good. I would, uh, I. I'm jumping between a two and a three. Definitely more on the two side. Okay. Definitely more on the two side. So I would have to give it a 2.5. Even though Frank right. Grillo... Frank Grillo does his best growl. He does his best growl. He is... That's his thing. Yeah. yeah. Frank Grillo and Antima, Antony Mackie are reliable. They are dependable. It's got Marcia Gray Harden in it. She is dependable as always. You can see that there's some bits where, okay, yeah, I think they're having some fun and all that. But it, the film is just kind of like, okay, yeah, 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 wash over me. It Essentially, this is the kind of film that should be on Channel 5. It should be on Channel 5 on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon when nobody watches. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, then you can do your washing up or make the tea or whatever when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah you can watch it and go, oh, Frank Grillo, I liked him in fill in the blank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, Anthony Mackie. Oh, I can't wait to see what the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be like. It's that kind of film. So, yeah. So with that, we've come to the end of the films that are in our main bouts today that we're going to be reviewing. And we have a very, very slight winner. And if I wasn't so mean about Point Blank, it would have been a dead heat. So, okay. So the winner this well, week... Well, someone has to win. Yeah, someone has to. Well, no ways. I'm, I'm still waiting for our first draw. And I, to be honest with you, I was looking at it and I was so tempted to give Point Blank a three just so we could have a draw for the first time ever. But <laughs> I, I think about it and I'm like... No, <laughs> no, I can't do that. That film is not a three. That, that film is not a three. So it's uh, by 0.25, it's the winner this week is Cinema. Wow, good old cinema. Yeah, good old cinema. It can good still old. deliver. It can still deliver. I mean, especially with Hobbs and Shaw, which I think is a lot of fun because it knows exactly what it is. And it's not trying yes. to be any... I think it's something it knows exactly what it is. It's not trying to be anything more than what it is. And by that, I think it almost does more. Uh, uh, it, oh, for instance, you know how we're talking about the scene in um, the scene in Avengers Endgame, the girl power scene in Avengers Endgame. Yes. And yeah. how you feel? Oh, for goodness' sake! The, just give me more of the moment. The, that feels a bit token. Give me more of the moment. Yes. It- didn't feel organic. It didn't feel like it was natural. It was a bit too contrived, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I feel like it, with Hobbs and Shaw, by knowing exactly what it is and not even trying to do anything close to that, it actually ends up with giving you a pretty kick-ass feminine for character. So I think <laughs> I think Vanessa Kirby is brilliant in it. Kudos I, for that then. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I honestly think that there, was, there were moments where I thought, ooh, ooh, that's kind of like a Me Too moment without saying it's a Me Too moment. The the like the way they treat her character is very in a yeah. film in a film such as this is actually quite subtle because I have to think about it and go hang on a second she never gets saved she like nobody ever saves her in the entire film she saves herself and and the other bit of the okay, there was that and the other bit was like, if you watch a Fast and Furious movie 
they go throughout the whole thing, but they, they keep talking about, Vin Diesel keeps going, family, it's all about family. I do it for my family. <laughs> At the end, you don't forget your family. And he just, he just <laughs> b- blathers on about it. And so what, there's got to be memes about that with Vin Diesel saying family over and over again. And in <laughs> this film, it ends up being that it is about family, but they don't say it. They do the whole Spider-Man homecoming thing where the, in Spider-Man Homecoming, they never say with great power comes great responsibility. They just show you the fights of great power and great responsibility, a bit like with this. They show you the yeah. whole thing about family without once ever saying, let's do it for our families. Yeah. So I think breaking away from the Fast and Furious main character and Vin Diesel was a good idea. But anyway, that, that'll probably be my film of the week if you're going to go to the cinema. Yes. Yeah. That might be my one for this weekend. Oh, cool. Good stuff. Right. We will see you next week where we shall be seeing something. I do not know. We will be watching something. God knows what. I think I would have finished watching The Boys by then. Maybe you would have finished watching Ride. Or maybe you would have started... Yes, I should... Yeah, sorry. I should have finished something. Yeah, I should have finished... Yeah, either Fear or Ride I should have finished by next week. All right. Or maybe, maybe you would actually decide that you're going to dive into it cancel your life, and watch 90-plus episodes of a Russian soap opera. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) I may have that bizarre gardening accident where I end up, you know, in bed for for days. And (laughs) that's all I can do is watch Russian drama for days on end. And then dream in Russian (laughs) drama. (laughs) Yeah. I could have like a traumatic head injury. Then the only thing that will calm me down is this Russian drama. All right. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. So, uh, but on that point, all all that's left to say is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we will speak to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Yes.